All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne. It's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, I'm jamming with Pavel from Noah Aeon. Did I say that properly? Noah Aeon, but all good. (laughs) Noah Aeon, there we go. And he is an expert in self-realization techniques, plus the application in internationally conscious DJ, producer, serial impact entrepreneur, investor, certified ambassador of peace, and Wim Hof instructor. Did Wim Hof myself this morning, actually. Uh, His major intention is to help others realize their full potential while unifying the world one person at a time. If I take the titles away and the work and topics and all of that, just who are you? You know, um, it's a very interesting question. I ask that question sometimes daily, you know, who am I? Where am I? Who I want to be? And it's, it's, it's funny, the understanding of what I understand today versus, you know, what it was in the past, associating myself or, you know, what I was doing and what I was having, rather than that uh, powerful being that each and every one of us um, are. And so, so today, you know, the one thing that stuck with me my whole life is questioning. I'm an avid seeker of truth. I continue pushing the boundaries and limits of what is possible. And, uh, and I continue questioning, why are we choosing the life we're living? And who gave us that thought? Who gave us that idea? You know, where did it come from? Because yeah. we and I tend to uh, be, you know, driven by some program that maybe have uh, for a long time had no more purpose, you know, in my life. And so, so today I continue questioning and I continue growing. I continue um, living in these two phases, you know, one phase yeah. is self-mastery. So that development grow just on every level, the understanding. And then the other one is service. And that is how do I use everything that I've learned and offer it to others? Where did that curiosity come from? Did you grow up in an environment like that? So, yeah, so I, I was born and raised in Czech Republic uh, in a post-communist era. And um, I, uh, I had a very spiritual mom that, uh, you know, from a young age, uh, we, 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 we were raised with shaman and with uh, yoga and with meditation and with, you know, traditional wow. styles like this. And, you know, quite frankly, at, at that age, I was like, uh, not as interested as I am today. Sure, I don't know. Like, what a gift, right? <laughs> yes, it's like what a foundation. So, so yeah. that way, like, I didn't think. So, so actually, it gave me an open mind and open heart uh, that there yeah. is more out there than what we were being taught. And and I think that helped me kind of prepare myself to uh, be able to take this journey on, you know, much further. But I think the biggest wisdom, if I can use that term, has been you know, spirituality used to be like this convenient thing for me. You know, whenever I was in pain, I would seek Mm. for personal development and books and, you know, anything to get out of the feeling like shit. (laughs) But today, spirituality is a way of life for me. You know, living that spiritual being in a physical experience, realizing the hopefully the best parts of what's here to offer to us. Yeah. I love that. That's such a good point. And I feel like so many people would resonate with, I know I can, that, you know, your belief systems, like you said, and your, your spirituality, it's, they become very present and very, uh, you know, required in the toughest of times. But 
why, you know, like why, why, why do we reserve it for that? I mean, and I'm generalizing, of course, but I mean, I'm sure you can resonate just based on what you just shared. What, what, like what flipped for you to, to make that distinction? So my whole life, I've kind of dealt with a few different things, uh, autoimmune issues and Epstein-Barr, which, uh, and chronic fatigue. When, uh, when I was, uh, you know, 18 years old, I, I was a professional cyclist and I basically was also running already my first business venture. And I ran myself to the ground, uh, because I didn't recover. I instead was selling carbon bike frames, uh, to whatever <laughs> city I was traveling in. And, uh, and basically, you know, that, that number one, like a pivotal moment was, uh, health issues. Mm. Uh, that came with a lot of depression, anxiety, and even suicidal thoughts. I remember when I was at the peak, it was so, so bad, a uh, few times in my life that I literally, you know, had to figure out like, how am I going to help myself? And I've never taken, you know, one entitled present, uh, ever. Uh, I, I've always was determined that there is another way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I've also ventured out into all kinds of stuff from psychedelics to MDMA to, you know, uh, yeah. any sorts of other alternative um, medicines. But it really all left me with, with, with one big tool, which was breath. And, and breath is what you're born with. Breath is what you die with. But whatever you do between the first breath and last breath is what determines the quality, the awareness of your life. And so when I discovered breath, I start understanding that everybody should have a certain set of toolbox that then can be applied to um, no matter what the situation uh, might be. And that situation can be as easy as, or for some as hard as uh, somebody, you know, crossing in front of you in a car uh, and, and you can, you know, either react or you can take, you know, the comfort inside and, and, and not react to transform. And mm-hmm. so I start viewing every situation in life as a way of growth, as, as a cycles to re-see them. And I start kind of paying attention to zooming out into all of the choices I'm making and what are the consequences following those cho- choices. And what it did, it gave me power back because all of a sudden I start understanding, you know, nothing is happening to me. It just has a delay. So it is might be perceived as it was happened by someone else, you know, through someone else, you know, back at me from the outside. Yeah. But through these tools, I was able to start taking uh, the awareness and the, the transformation into my own hands. And then now I welcome every challenge. I welcome every little distortion because it means some piece of me is still distorted. So let me look at it, re-see it and get the fuck out of that cycle. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. So I, I mean, I totally 100% resonate and align with you on that. But I have to ask from for, for the listeners as well, because they probably, and, and I put myself in this bucket as well. There, there's a lot in between there, or at least even the starting steps from, you know, living at this phase or in this perspective, which is beautiful because I think it shows what's possible, right? When we really access the tools and, and be curious, like you said in your opening uh, answer. But what I'd love to know is when you hit rock bottom and you're a professional cyclist, you're selling carbon frames out there as a mountain biking, mountain biker over here. I'm, uh, I know you were, I think you were a road cyclist, right? I believe. Um, But I get, I get the, the hustle on the bike. That's for sure. Um, 
how did like what were some of the first steps to come out of rock bottom you know and get closer and closer to the realizations that you were you you just shared it's so interesting. So I've hit the rock bottom several times in my life. And it's funny because the cycling was the first one. But then later on, um, I, I actually, you know, I, I built all of these companies and I was this very successful entrepreneur that, you know, had this hat on of a, of a, of a businessman and an American dream and, and whatever we, we, we've been taught to do. Uh, because when I, when I lost my health, I couldn't cycle anymore. So I had to quit already at the age of 20. And, um, and then the next sort of bottom was, I believe, at about age of 27, 26, 27. It's funny, like a seven-year <laughs> cycle. Yeah. And, and this is when, you know, after I've built all of these companies and sold it for millions of dollars, I, I then lost everything. And uh, again, and it was my, it was a divorce. It was uh, losing, uh, you know, all of my money. It was literally kind of like shaving everything that I've ever believed, you know, out of my system. And so, so I kind of understood both sides and I truly believe it, it happened to me so I can help others uh, not have to go to this far uh, end of the spectrum. Now, in that point, uh, let me tell you something that saved me. So when I was an entrepreneur, I committed myself that every three months I'm going to do something um, that will put me out of my comfort zone. And, uh, and that will be spiritual, physical, mental, emotional development, you know, of, of any kind. And, yeah. um, and I went on a quest. I, I traveled the world basically the last 15 years. And I started going into, you know, first it was, uh, it was a samurai camp in Japan. Uh, then I did oh, a Zen cool. master training. Um, then I, I spent uh, time with the psychics in Brazil. Uh, then Wim Hof, you know, I met Wim Hof, did the whole Polish curse, uh, excursion and, and then the training. And how uh, did you pick those? Sorry to interrupt, but how did like, how did you, cause there's so much, you know, to choose from in, in a way, but I, I mean, I'm intrigued in terms of what you picked, but th did you have a, how did that happen? So it was either a book that I read or a workshop that I've been to or some okay. form that like they mentioned a thing. Right. And yeah. so, so, and, and I'll give you an example, like the, 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 the one that I like that really changed my life uh, was the dark room. And, um, mm. and basically you know, this is about seven years ago when I went for the first time and I, I was at this retreat with Dramvalo Melchizedek in, in Maui, uh, in Hawaii. And he was talking about, you know, these breatharians, this dark room, this, you know, psychic abilities. And I was like, wow, that sounds crazy, but also very intriguing. And uh, yeah. this is when the open mind and open heart comes into, you know, I always go in as a skeptic, but then if it works for someone, it means that if you copy and paste what they're doing, it should work for you. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, you know, franchise 101, right? I came from franchising uh, at that place. <laughs> and so, so anyway, so I go into this dark room and, um, and uh, I, you know, spent 10 days with no physical food and, uh, and, you know, in the middle of Thailand. And that's kind of was the biggest escalation for me as to who am I? You know, I, it took me about yeah. seven days of resistance uh, before I let it go. And then it just all made sense. This is when the Noah Aeon came about, which, by the way, symbolizes duality. You know, mm -hmm. the highs, the lows, the good days, bad days that I've been, I've been playing ping pong my whole life. I, I call it ping pong because I literally was, you know, this, this chasing uh, person after, you know, whatever yeah. was new. Um, and anyway, so, so day seven, I start crying and broke down completely. I went into this pure bliss state out of which I was able to tune into who actually I am. And, uh, and it was really clear. 
I had to re-identify my passion, my purpose, and my legacy. And uh, my passion's always been music. So I start, you know, DJing, producing solfeggio frequency-based raves that are conscious raves. Uh, my purpose was, what am I going to do with all of these tools that, that I've learned from all of these different places? And that became workshops, retreats, lectures uh, that I'm doing, you know, today. That became my purpose. And legacy was, how do I make means with all of this? And how can I support other brands and, and people in the world uh, to create this alliance that is here for the greatest good of the whole? So we no longer have to just worry about profits and drive and competing over someone. Yeah. And this to, to tie this back into your question, uh, this gave me a platform to put these tools into a segment. And so what got me out of the deepest parts of this pain, it was breath, it was meditation, it was biohacking, it was, you know, this, this toolbox uh, that I built, and we can share and dive in, you know, definitely sure. more as well, because it was not one thing, right? It's a combination of yeah. all the aspects of us that we have to re-see anew. Yeah. Well, I have to ask, I mean, you've got my curiosity sparked. I mean, I've never done, I've spent time in solitude in, you know, uh, 12-hour walks and other kind of, uh, you know, mediums like that where it's just me, my mind kind of thing, but never, you know, in darkness like this. And um, you as well as there's been one other guest on the show, uh, Colin O'Brady, who has spent time in in the darkness. And I was just fascinated by this. So I'm curious, like, what does that feel like? Like, what were the, st you mentioned day seven was where, where emotions were, were, seems like coming up or releasing and then there was some clarity that was was surfacing but like what is that what happens before and in that moment when you said like you're you're feeling clarity like how is that coming to you so so it comes so so now I understand it as it comes to our spiritual gifts and so so something I learned from the psychics and and again you know at first I was like what is this but what the psychics taught me is that we have a five physical senses and we've got four psychic senses or spiritual gifts. Now, everybody has them, but nobody teaches us how to use them, right? It's very yeah. hard to find like, okay, how do I use my other four psychic senses out there? And uh, basically, uh, these senses are, are quite simple. So it's the inner hearing. Uh, which is the whispers. So everybody has two kind of, or maybe sometimes many more voices, right? There's that <laughs> yeah. loud voice, the, the the monkey brain, right? The, yeah. the, the mind that uh, that we can program, that, that goes from the past, projects into the future. And then you've got um, this subtle voice, which is usually much lower on the sound, mm -hmm. but it always has your back. It always has your highest interest. Yeah. And so what happened was, is I you know, stop listening to this monkey brain, like I'm hungry and you do this and watch Netflix and, don't, you know, the yeah. eat sugar, whatever else, right, that that reward-driven mind is trying to yeah. uh, tell society. you. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. 101. <laughs> and then I start tuning in and that voice actually got very loud. And so here is the reason why. When you go into darkness, stillness, silence, when you unhook from this world of busy, busy, fast-paced life, you start hearing these whispers way stronger. Now, yeah. these whispers, uh, for example, uh, this is our, our sense. That's what we've been gifted as, as a spiritual beings living physical experience. And so how you build it and how you actually enlarge that connection, you acknowledge it. So it's as simple as, mm -hmm. you know, thank you, I heard that. And what you're going to do about that? 
that's even more important because if yeah. it tells you stop watching Netflix, maybe put a nice little brainwave, you know, frequencies to go to sleep, right? What you do is you yeah. say, thank you. I heard that. And you turn off the TV <laughs> and yeah. that's how it starts building that, that inner hearing. Um, then you've got your inner seeing, and these are my visionaries of the world. Some people can see things, especially let's say in the business world. If you have an idea that's you know 